Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Good morrow, person with ears. Welcome to this, the best ever edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. This is the UK's premium weekly technology podcast, sliding into your head every Friday like a warm batch of asps milk. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is a weekly hot air balloon of infotainment from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday we head to an audio swimming pool, breaking the rules with audio bombing, smoking and heavy petting in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Please subscribe, rank us and tell your friends. You can get in touch at editor at idg.co.uk or via the at UK Tech Podcast Twitter feed. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK. And today, I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the smooth as silk Ashley Alsop, engagement editor of PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. The cool as ice Henry Burrell, a staff writer at PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. And the cheap as chips Christopher Manassians, <laughs> also a staff writer of PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hola, senor. This week, we are talking Computex, not bad smartphones, and terrible, terrible humans. So come with us on a journey through time and space. Love AMD tender, love AMD sweet, never let me go. Christopher Manassians, what has AMD been doing and why should we care? I love how you come up with these. these A little bit last minute this week. They're amazing. They're actually amazing. Okay, so um, AMD came up with the uh, Radeon uh, RX 480. So it's a new graphics card that's been announced in the market for $200 in the US hasn't been announced in the UK, as in pricing-wise. Right. But we can estimate around £160, including VAT. Okay. Which is extremely cheap. Um, and given its specs, which is currently competing with the previous line of AMD cards, it seems to be, well, quite the head-turner, quite literally, because it's it's focused on VR as well. Okay. So let's just roll back this a little bit. Um, to the uninitiated, £160 for a graphics card, to me... Sounds expensive, but you're going to tell me it's cheap because of the the virtual reality functionality. 
Absolutely. Well, also because of, well, first of all, because of its um, competition. So NVIDIA um, announced the GTX 1070 and the 1080. Is this the Pascal? The Pascal, indeed. And they came in at £400 and I think £620. And are these are these comparable products? <laughs> so these, well, we haven't tested them yet, but they're, they're um, supposedly, according to our um, US colleagues, they're amazing both amazing um, graphics cards. The, the NVIDIA ones? The NVIDIA ones. But I suppose what I'm asking is, is the AMD products comparable with the NVIDIA products? Because it's a very different price. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's I wouldn't say it is directly. Right. Um, you couldn't directly compare the two. However, um, given that it's passed, as in the previous generation AMD cards, the R9 390X, R9 390, and the R9 380X, and there's a lot of numbers there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some slightly blank looks around. Yeah, like, what's going on? Uh, but those three cards previously were also well known um, among gamers and people who just liked um, buying cheaper graphics cards versus NVIDIA cards. Right. We're very impressed with them. And the reason why this is important is because the RX 480 kind of sits in the middle of the budget line and the high-end line of AMD's last generation models. Hopefully I'm not confusing you. Well, it, it's entirely possible you are confusing us, but that's good because explain it to us and you'll be able to explain it to the listener. Um, so what you're saying, if I'm right, is that this is this is pretty mid-range and yeah. potentially very good value because it's mid-range. But if you're so speaking to, let's take someone at random, Henry. Uh, pretty random. Pretty random guy. <laughs> Don't know what's going uh, on. Uh, I'm guess, I'm, you're not a huge gamer particularly. No, I mean, I was sort of kind of thinking as you were talking about that. Um because we had the HTC Vive in the other week, and it was very, very impressive, even for someone like me who doesn't game that much. But 160 quid ish for a new graphics card, would you be able to put that into a relatively low-spec computer and run something like the Vive on it? Or is it still kind of that problem, I, well, I see it as a problem, as having to like drop several thousand pounds on the setup? That's a really good question, and that's exactly what um, AMD are trying to address. So according to their presentation, according to their release, they're saying it is... Um, you can do VR on it. Okay. Now, for us to actually test it and to say it does, I don't know, X amount of uh, frames per second or it's slower in this respect, so that's something I guess we'd have to test. Um, shout out to AMD. You need to send us one. Um, <laughs> and NVIDIA, as a matter of fact. But um, but yeah, in, in that respect, yes, you would be able to do um, budget uh, a budget build right. on your PC and yet drop, say, four or five hundred pounds on a VR headset and get it running. So, yeah, it should be possible. But... So you, so if you had a sort of fairly standard desktop PC, that's really interesting. Actually, you had, you had a go at the uh, HTC Vive. And, I did. As I recall, seemed to quite enjoy it. I loved it. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. But, yeah, the thing that puts me off is the fact that you need a really expensive PC. So I guess if that's going to be addressing the situation, then it could mean that the Vive and other VR headsets are going to take off a lot more than they would otherwise because it's definitely limiting for um, a lot of people isn't it exactly yeah. but they'd, they'd need to get manufacturers to make these pcs presumably because again uh, three of the four of us sitting around this table wouldn't i guess wouldn't be comfortable uh, upgrading yeah. a pc yeah. um even if that's obviously the the inexpensive thing to do so this is this seems strikes me as a smart move by amd but yeah. do you think um pc manufacturers Potentially laptop manufacturers, is that even possible? Are they going to use these products, do you think? Well, first of all, laptops won't be able to utilise in the same way. Too physically um, big. 
because they're literally physically too big. Um, unless someone creates some magic adapter, unless it's out already, I highly doubt, but that would be amazing. Like an external graphics card for a laptop. Wow. Well, that would be quite interesting anyway, because you could, if you, you could, if you could plug something in that made your existing PC um, desktop or laptop VR ready, yeah. that could, that's a potential game changer. Indeed. But, um, but for the time being, all we can see for laptop users would be like a, a similar chip a smaller chip that would go into a laptop now would that be able to power vr we don't know yeah. um my my guess is no because the amount of um amount of bound, bandwidth and the amount of uh, data that is just streamed through the graphics cards are quite high and in a small little chipset it'll be quite hard to do um and to cool it appropriately but who knows but in terms of uh, pcs then um yes it's 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 something that um it's very much easy to do actually it's it's literally just pressing a button on a um on in your within your pc removing your previous graphics card and putting a new one in no you've lost me yeah, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what the graphics card was i'd probably take out something else and be like, hey why is this not working what's this process not tired it's like a small box i just think they look like uh spaceships cool robots arm yeah so uh, I think what's interesting here then is, you know, honestly, I didn't think I'd be that interested, but you've 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 made an interesting point about uh, this announcement from AMD potentially sort of democratizing um, the ability to afford virtual reality. Um, again, I do think it, it requires products because all of this stuff and and the brief conversation we just had points towards like the PlayStation VR being a real winner because it's just a thing you can buy and plug in to yeah. your existing products. Mm. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's not only trying to address the VR. So, I mean, I know we, we went into a sort of VR discussion because of how cheap it is and how affordable it is for those who want VR. But let's not forget that VR itself, the headset itself, is quite expensive. Yep. I think it's like £400 or something like that. Oculus 500 or top of my head, it's, it's, it's probably a bit more. HC Vive's more than 600 quid. Yeah, well, there we go. I mean, so if, if someone's spending 600 quid on a HTC Vive, then it surprised me that it would cheap out on a graphics yep. card. But at the same time, um, AMD also addressing just general gamers. So yep. a lot of people would like to pay, play, for example, the upcoming Battlefield 1, which we had a discussion, I think, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about. And that game would run much better on a better graphics card um, versus a, okay. a low-end one. And so people upgrading from a sure. two, three-year-old AMD or NVIDIA graphics card to the RX 480 would notice not only a massive boost in performance, but a smoother experience, less problems, and just more compatibility. Sure. Um, so was this announced at Computex? It was indeed, yes. So just for the uninitiated, what is Computex? So it's just, um, uh, as far as I'm aware, is a uh, a show that's... Oh, I can't know how, how to explain it. It's like a... It's a huge trade show, isn't it? It's a yeah. components trade show in the in the Far East. Um and it's interesting to me because in the old days, and I'm quite old, um, <laughs> PC components and things like that, that was big news. Not so much these days because we buy consumer products. Um, but we've also seen, as you say, NVIDIA have made some announcements at Computex. Um, presumably Intel have announced they have indeed, yeah. some stuff. Um, I just wonder if it's at all, uh, Computex has at all crossed the radars of Henry or Ashley being consumer technology journalists <laughs> probably not <laughs> honestly no but I, we only know about it because we talked about it in the office but if you know if we didn't work here we probably wouldn't have heard about yeah. it 
So it is definitely a bit more niche, but that's just because it's one of those things where we don't necessarily need to know about it, but we, but the results of it is what we need to know about. So, sure. you know, how it affects us um, in the end, but we might not necessarily actually ever buy or see any of the products or yeah. announcements that are made. So it's about how these components fit into consumer yeah, products, I suppose, yeah. which, is, which is kind of the point I'm making, that the world has changed a lot. Yeah. It used to be much more about people buying or individual small PC manufacturers buying these components and putting them into things, whereas now... We ex- we buy products, we plug them in, we expect them to work. Yeah. Um, just quickly, Christopher, as we finish this conversation off, where are Nvidia and AMD against each other in this kind of graphics card space? <laughs> oh God! And it's not um, a quick question, right. is it? Well, no, it's it's, it's more the there's a lot of fanboys uh, behind it, or fangirls even. Um, fan people. Fan people. <laughs> fan people like literally fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, red versus green armies, as as we like to call them. What? As, uh, I like to call them. Is that why you're wearing green trousers? I'm wearing red trousers. AMD. There we go. There AMD, go. <laughs> AMD and Nvidia. Fantastic. Um, but uh, I think Henry could have at least worn some trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Just more comfortable like this. <laughs> <laughs> this time we can't lie that we've got the the, the, the oh, yeah. camera rolling. So we got. But anyway, um, back to the uh, back to the question. It's NVIDIA have definitely taken a large market share um, and are definitely uh, a lot more popular among just gamers and just general consumers because everything works with their NVIDIA products. Oh, and generally speaking, drivers are the biggest thing. So as you yeah. said, plug and play. People just want to take a graphics card, upgrade it, and as, as I said, it's simple enough, at least at least to me, uh, to replace the graphics card. And then you have to deal with all driver issues, compatibility issues, um software not running as it is and amd have notoriously been known for having poor driver support and poor game support and because of that they've lost a lot of respect throughout the community wow um and that is why nvidia have taken a massive market share um from from amd so let's just try and see if this year amd can actually make a comeback amd is in almost as far as i'm aware in both consoles so the xbox one and the ps4 so they've got that sort of market share but in terms of consumers yeah nvidia still winning interesting okay so with that in mind uh, <laughs> let's go around the room uh am decent or am doomed christopher am decent for sure ah, henry if i had a bit more money am decent <laughs> ashley also i have literally no idea <laughs> excellent <laughs> okay we will take a very short break and we'll be back shortly to talk about windows phones how much is that doggy in the window? The one with the Microsoft operating system. <laughs> Henry Burrell, you've been trying Windows Phone and you've made a surprising discovery. What gives? It's not terrible. It's not <laughs> terrible. Considering literally nobody in the world owns a Windows Phone, I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, um, our consumer tech editor over at PCA, Chris Martin, has... Uh, a Narnia wardrobe full of mobile phones. He does. So I thought I'd dip into it. Um, and what came out was uh, the Microsoft Lumia 950. Nice which one. Is, yeah, flagship. A flagship, yep. Out about six months ago, I think. And I just thought I'd use it because I've never really played around with the OS before. Um, I use an Android phone normally. I've had an iPhone in the past, so I thought I'd do the third one. And I can't really understand what, uh, what everyone's beef with it is. Um, all the misconceptions i had of it before i used it have kind of have kind of gone now it's got the same battery life it's got just as good a screen pretty much um it looks quite nice yeah um and really the whole thing that at least tech journalists get hung up about because i'm not even sure if mainstream 
consumers even consider it an option uh, <laughs> is this whole app gap thing yeah. but not having the developers on side not having the right apps and everything i haven't found a single app that i i use day to day that's Being not missing. not on there really apart from bbc news but yeah it's pretty middle of the, middle of the road and you could, <laughs> i mean the argument microsoft always made was that you could just have a, a shortcut to the website anyway yeah um, yeah some people don't like that idea i think i think uh few apple fans wouldn't like that idea mm-hmm. well, with the whole app ecosystem but really um i haven't found much to complain about there's a couple of bugs that you kind of just get over like spotify doesn't list my albums in alphabetical order but if there's a bigger first world problem i haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard it <laughs> interesting so just quickly around the room uh christopher you're an android user I'm an Android user, yeah. Ashley, you use an iPhone? Yeah, an okay. iPhone. I'm Android, but also I've also used iPhone in the past. I also have used Windows Phone, but never yeah. never as my principal phone, but yeah. I've tested Windows Phones, and I completely share your view. So it's interesting to me that it has this perception um, mm. that it's that it's bad in some way. And it is failing, because Microsoft is is pulling out of the consumer. Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, the sort of the, the whispers uh, are that they're not going to even bring out the long-rumoured Surface phone to match up with their Surface tablet and that really expensive computer they've just made. Um, but I was sort of looking into it a bit, and uh, it all kind of, well, in a, with beautiful hindsight, <laughs> looked like a bad idea for them to buy out Nokia. Um, Steve Ballmer, the previous CEO, was always his plan to uh, basically try and compete with Apple mm-hmm. in the in the uh, hardware market which is just insane if you think about it <laughs> but yeah. it's a bit of a shame that it's become such an insane idea because it's microsoft <laughs> well i wondered if they if it wasn't necessarily the long-term plan to compete because they always allowed third parties to make windows phones htc yeah, basically been the only people who did but i thought maybe the idea was a bit like with the surface um if we make things and create a market other people will join us in that market mm. which is why they bought nokia nokia being at the time the biggest by volume yeah handset manufacturer have you christopher ashley have you guys used windows phone at any point i've literally used it for like a day and i didn't really like it but i think i don't really like android either i think i'm mm. just completely caught up with ios unfortunately <laughs> sorry so um yeah i didn't really like it but i suppose i didn't really give it much of a chance and so maybe i should try it again i think the funny thing about the common the the um uh uh, what's the word? Comparison between Windows Phone and iPhone is I think they have much more in common than Android does yeah. with either of them because because Windows Phone is like iPhone locks down. Mm. You mm. get a specific experience. You can't install apps from outside of the the Windows world in yeah. ways you can with iPhone. Um, how about you, Christopher? You, you got much experience with Windows Phone? Yeah, I've used Windows Phone quite a lot. Um, back in well, back in the past, I think when. Windows Phone 8 first came out. Um, back in the days, I was invited to go to their launch and I was really, really impressed with their phones. And in fact, I always said to myself that if I ever had to buy my mum a phone, which yeah. I actually bought her Android phone because she really wanted an Android phone, but that's up to her. But um, a Windows phone would generally be my go-to option yeah, um, because they're generally solid phones as you yep. said like the operating system is fantastic yeah, at least in my it's opinion it's, it's it's super smooth you don't have to worry about like Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Nah, it's pretty easy around. to get to grips with as well. Actually. Very easy. You, it, it's it's quicker to adopt. Like if you've never used a smartphone in mm-hmm. your life, to go to a um, Windows phone versus even iOS, it's that simple and that easy to use. But it, I, I completely agree, actually. It's a really good example you give because with both my parents, I was pushing them towards Windows phone because I mm-hmm. thought it would just be the easiest adoption for them. But again, I suppose this might explain some of the failures that they went to the high street store from whom they... Um, get their contract phones yeah. and were pushed anywhere but towards Windows yeah. Phone. <laughs> you know, they, it was basically <clears throat> mid-range to low-range Android phones that, mm-hmm. that, that they wanted to flog them, um, which I guess might explain in some ways why Windows Phone hasn't succeeded as a mass market product. Yeah. This, this particular handset as well, I was looking back at some of the reviews, um, not necessarily ours. I think the PC Advisor review is actually quite fair, and Chris does a good job to update articles. But when this phone came out, it was lambasted for being having like a plastic back, right, rather yeah. than like glass or metal or something. Which is, which, is, <laughs> which again, is, who, who cares? Yeah. But um, well, so apparently, many, people I, I do. smashed the glass back of my phone last night. Did so you? I would like to. Have <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think a lot of people, if they were ever tempted to go to Windows Phone, they would look at the press reception to that phone mm. um and if it's if at the first instance it's bad and maybe unfairly bad that it's just not helping microsoft at all i think when this phone first came out like instagram was still in beta the twitter app looked horrible the firmware was very buggy so it used to shut down quite a lot right um i'm using it six months later which isn't that which isn't that long <laughs> even though it arguably is for a smartphone um but all those problems are fixed instagram's not in beta anymore um i can use slack for work uh, it hasn't shut down once because of a firmware update. So, okay, maybe Microsoft shouldn't have put it out with all those Yeah, bugs. it's classic Microsoft. Yeah, it is pretty classic Microsoft. Um, but at least worth pointing out that it actually runs really well now. Yeah. And do we think, is there an issue here with, like you kind of alluded to this here, of what you might call cool factor? Yeah, That the people cool. who, do, <laughs> who do care about such things are going to avoid Windows Phone. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Christopher, you're, you use a Windows 10 computer, um, uh, 
but then again, you're using an Android phone. I know that Jim, uh, who works here, is staunch Windows supporter, but he's got an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so like even even those guys who are still rallying behind the operating system, which is now actually technically the same on the phone as on the on the computer, um, will, will never use a Mac. Um, still can't bring themselves to use the phone. Yeah. And it's just not very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft has never been that cool a company. It's just sort of always been there <laughs> sure that just a just a quick note though actually um the where that microsoft slash um, nokia one is actually the business uh, side yeah so true. i think we had a discussion about blackberry yep. slowly dying down and because of blackberry companies looked at other phones and obviously android being not as secure yeah. supposedly um companies can almost dismiss that iOS was too expensive. Well, just Apple just generally was too expensive. And the next alternative was Windows. And you're like, well, it's got all the server integration. It's got all the uh, Office apps already pre-installed with mm. 365, I think it is. And therefore, it was the, the perfect business phone. So I think um, Microsoft almost missed a trick and said, why don't we just focus solely on our enterprise slash business? Well, I think that's the whisper that's coming out now is what they're going to do. Is that right? actually? I mean, the challenge there is that increasingly people just take their own phones in and expect to use them. Um, The BYOD phenomenon, as it's known. But yeah, completely. Um, In in a world where, in which BlackBerry is, you know, floundering, um, Windows Phone is the obvious choice for an enterprise fleet of smartphones. Um, So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Because in the consumer space, we are basically now at Android or iOS. And I I don't know, is that a healthy situation? Um don't know really i mean it's all become about the operating system based around it if you go back 10 15 years um i don't really know why we all chose our our phones those weird little <laughs> slidey yeah. and flippy phones and everything it was, yeah it was never about the operating system was it it was if it looked cool yeah um i don't know it's just how it's changed i mean there are other alternatives but you know firefox sailfish Amazon Ubuntu. Phone. <laughs> oh, Amazon, yeah. yeah Do you know what? I, I completely Canva, forgot about that. Yeah, they, they everyone, everyone forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, Blackberry is still uh, just about there or thereabouts. We've lost things like um, HB Web OS, which was a really good operating system uh, based on the Palm OS. Um, but um, And that's interesting because when the iPhone came out the same year, Palm bought out the Palm Prey. Clearly post-iPhone, but you know, broadly similar... Uh, in terms of actually, in terms of quality, and it had this Palm OS, which later became WebOS, which was really good. Trust me, people are looking unsure. <laughs> it really was good, but um, but you know, it couldn't compete with the iPhone. It wasn't as good as the iPhone, and no longer exists. No. HP no longer makes smartphones. Just one f- final point. Uh, th- th- I think Microsoft just just they're just too late. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think what they're doing now is really good. But even I mean, late in terms of like maybe four or five years too late, mm. but uh, which isn't actually that that long. Um, Something really interesting I read. I can't remember where. Um, PC Advisor probably. It probably was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Satya Nadella, the current CEO, he, he's massively pushed giving um, Office 365 apps to iOS users for free because he yeah. understands the value of having your software on other people's hardware. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, apparently Steve Ballmer once saw a very early um, iPad version of Office, and he refused to let them release it because mm. it was better than the Windows alternative. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that kind of attitude that he didn't. He wanted Microsoft to run the best software on its own hardware, right. and so delayed the launch of that. And but now you think about it, and that's pretty nuts. Madness <laughs> gone mad. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go around the room then. Uh, Windowsy or Win Win? 
Uh, Christopher Minutians. <laughs> what did that? They both that. sound good to me. Like a win-win. Win dozy, dozy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, I'm a bit. Sl- I'm dozy. <laughs> I'll go with win-win. Henry Burrell. Win-win. Yeah, I say win-win as well. Brilliant. So that you heard it here first, uh, listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windows Phone is on its way back. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you. No, I'm not going to do the next bit. Uh, but not you, audience member. Ashley also. Why might that have been something that Adele said? <laughs> because, sorry, that's just really throwing me off. That was amazing. I was going to go for the high bit. but then, <laughs> uh, um, So basically, at a recent concert, because Adele is on tour at the moment. I'm not sure exactly where this concert was, but she just noticed that a lot of people were filming her and she just said to someone um, in the audience, she said, could you stop filming me with that video camera because I'm really here in real life and you can enjoy it in real life rather than through your camera. It isn't a DVD, this is a real show. There are lots of people outside that couldn't come in. So it's basically just highlighting the fact that everyone, you know, I've seen it so many times when you go to a concert or any kind of, any event, live event, you see people filming it and they're looking at their phone Mm. screen. They're not even looking at the thing that's happening in real life. So it just feels like it's such a shame that that's what they think is necessary in order to enjoy it and look back at it later. But you need to be able to enjoy it right there in the moment. Otherwise, you're never really going to get the full experience. So No one's ever looking back at that video. No, no exactly. So it's like a weird behaviour that people have got into where almost like for it to be real, you have to capture it somehow. Yeah. But it's just such a shame. And you, when when I was when I am quite near the back of the concert or whatever, you just see in front of you. All you can see is screens. You can yeah. hardly see anything else. And it's just like, I don't know. I just find it really sad. And obviously, um, a lot of musicians and actors and all sorts of people are getting really upset by it because they also find it sad. So there was also Benedict Cumberbatch. He was in Hamlet, and um, he famously quite recently. Um, afterwards outside the stage door he said to everybody that he was really annoyed that um people were filming because it's really not supportive and stuff like that so it's even worse i think in a show like that in hamlet or you know it's gonna break the mood isn't it yeah exactly and he was basically saying he wants to give a live performance that they'll remember in their brains um (laughs) and instead of on their phones so and it's definitely because there's two issues here actually there is also there's the anti-social behavior but there's also the worry about copyrights but i guess in adele's case from that quote, it would seem that it was the behaviour that she was worried about. Yeah. The funny thing is that the reason the news got out about it is because someone had filmed it and <laughs> put it on the internet. So, no, you know. complete. Yeah, so it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've, been to, I've been to a fair few gigs where I feel not only is it ruined by some jackass in front of me filming it on his someone filmed on a blackberry in front of me no. uh, once which annoyed me even more but not only are they sort of ruining the experience for for the person they're standing in front of but also it just takes away a bit from the atmosphere like yeah. gigs are meant to be like a well depending on the music yeah. a bit of a raucous occasion yeah. you know like the kind of the whole room as one sort of thing yeah. well it's certainly supposed to be a relationship between the performer and and the audience, the audience. Yeah. yeah whereas now it's like a relationship between the performer and that person's I don't know periscope followers which is <laughs> so depressing yeah exactly there are some positives right because you can like you know for instance uh, people can use their phones and it creates a sort of Light, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Rather than it used to be lighters, yeah. So now it's turned into torches. (laughs) Yeah, much safer. They probably banned lighters, so they had to go with torches. But yeah, that's probably the only time when I think it's okay. But 
I mean, I have filmed in whenever I go to something. I do film like a tiny snippet yeah, just to remind myself. Like to take a photo. Yeah. yeah. But when you, but when you see people who film the entire thing, mm, it's like. Crazy. Especially, I think sometimes if I do film anything, I'll hold the phone up higher so that I can see still. And I, the film's probably rubbish because I'm not looking at what I'm actually capturing, but yeah. I can still see. But yeah. most people that I see filming are looking at the screen, and that's what upsets me. But I don't know. It is a bit. It is a bit sad, I think. But I mean, are these? I just wonder whether these are just new behaviours that we're going to have to get used yeah, to. Probably. Um, so I thought. I thought I was thinking of some other of these. I mean, selfies. The classic one. Um, I just cannot, to this day, get my head around that. And anybody I see carrying a selfie stick, you know, I I have dark thoughts about that. <laughs> but you know, again, maybe that's just a, a generational thing. Well, selfie sticks have been banned a lot. I think they're actually kind of going out a little bit now. Like people realise that they're not cool <laughs> and they look they look pretty stupid. So selfie sticks are kind of. I think we might be getting past that slowly but surely. But, yeah. I was thinking about um, like when people listen to music through leaky headphones, but also increasingly, oh. increasingly, with yeah. no headphones. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so like rude. In, That's been going on for years, though. In the, in the changing like, room at the gym, really? yeah. to me this morning, there's a guy, a middle-aged guy sitting there listening to some terrible, cheesy music, <laughs> just as if it's... And okay. it's really bad because the speakers on most phones are, are rubbish as well, so it just but sounds it's also, awful. It's just pollution. It's like, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't it's, want to be forced to listen to your choice of music we have um on the trains we have quiet zone um certain carriages and you know people seem to choose the quiet zone on purpose so that they can annoy people by putting on their phone and playing it out loud there's a reverse to that as well because i find like i will listen to music on my headphones and i promise you it's a quiet volume and no one can hear it but people will still some people will still take the opportunity on the quiet coach to go, I'm sorry, no headphones what? on this coach. No. Really? Maybe that's a Southwest Trains thing. Maybe. Maybe. I've well, never heard that before. <laughs> I think it kind of it goes back to um, your point earlier about is this just something we'll have to get used to and is there is there an actual correct technology etiquette? Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I'd like to think I'd adhere to, for example, in my particularly my previous job, I had loads of meetings. I would never get my phone out. Yeah, uh, I wear yeah. a smartwatch sometimes. I would try not to even look at that if it buzzed. Totally. Whereas I had colleagues who were sort of my um, my equal and my senior as well, and they would just get out their phone in the middle yeah, of a meeting, sometimes really with clients weird. looking at it, and like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> or laptops even. People yeah, know, sit laptops are somehow that's okay. Quite clearly be working. <clears throat> no, yeah. I'm quite the same. And actually, the equivalent of that, which I had written down, were his phones at the dinner table. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, no, which I is just the I mean it's the equivalent to I suppose when I was a kid like we just didn't have the telly on when we were eating kind of yeah. Um, and yeah if you're and then I suppose even if you're in the pub or whatever it's just one of those things that there's a real balance between being quite militant about these things but it just being quite rude if someone's clearly yeah. not yeah. engaged particularly like the pub or something like if you've gone to the pub with a group of mates mm. like who who are you talking to yeah. <laughs> on, on your phone? <laughs> yeah, hang on like, a minute, we're all here. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. It goes back, yeah, so it's back, it's back to the social media thing, yeah. isn't it? Those people at those gigs are filming those things because they basically want to show off yeah. to yeah. someone yeah. at some point. Yeah. Not, which it's is, not a document for themselves. But it, which is why, you know, like I said, I, if I go to a gig, I do take a photo, and generally speaking, it's to post it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same if I go to a sporting right. event or, you know. Yeah. Um, so I am as guilty as anyone, but I think it's, I think I suppose what, what we're saying is it's, it's sad not to be in the moment. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, so. It is. We're, we're kind of living our lives constantly on the internet or whatever or through technology, but, mm. you know, we forget to live them in real life. 
Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It's right? expands to the outside world as well. What's that thing you saw, Ashley? That was um, there was a city that's thinking of putting oh, sort of yeah, um, stop, or don't walk signs at, at eye level. For... Yeah, so that people who are constantly looking at their phones <laughs> don't need to worry about the roads. I was like, what? <laughs> that can't be a that's real crazy. thing. It's just encouraging <clears throat> it, I think. But then I guess if it's for safety reasons, they haven't really got a choice. Yeah. Well, we have started to see um, again uh, Chris Martin normally the engineer of this podcast, was at a festival at the weekend where phones were banned. Yeah, it was yeah. Innocent Unplugged, I think the festival's called. The smoothie people. Yeah, the smoothie yeah. people. And they uh, there was meant to be no tech, obviously, unplugged, but he said that there was loads of people there that were all um, filming and using their phones and stuff, so it was a bit of a shame because even at an event that was specifically saying, you know, don't use technology, people still used it, so yeah. I don't know. But it's interesting that there would even be an event yeah, where part of the marketing is yeah, around the part fact of the appeal of it. You can switch off. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why you know I really like running. It's because mm. it's the only time when I'm completely unplugged. Yeah. Although you know, again, like I've got a young daughter, and you know, I really consciously try not to be um, on my phone around her because mm. it's so easy just to teach that as a behaviour that yeah. that's just the the norm. Are we maybe are we are we just being grumpy old people here? Yeah, or? I was just thinking that that we, we, we <clears throat> maybe are just moaning a lot. A lot. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm 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 a huge techie, and yet when I go out with friends, I often see them on their phones, yeah. and I'm like, I'm I'm the biggest geek here. I'm the guy that's <laughs> always talking about phones, or always on my phone, just generally. But when I'm with my friends, or when I'm at a social event, mm. I want to be with you guys. I don't yeah. want to be looking at a phone because that can come later obviously if there's someone that's coming or i need i need to text them or something like that that's something else or it's like emergency fair enough but most most of the time people are like on their facebook or instagram or twitter feed i'm like what are you doing just look up look what's going around you um the same applies like in in my daily commute i hardly ever look at my phone even though i've got nothing else better to do because i don't get them um don't get a newspaper but I have my music in, but I just look at people. I'm looking at people and all Whoa, people... you're that weird staring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all people are doing are like glued, quite literally yeah. glued to their phones. And yeah. It's funny how that's changed actually as well, because I've been commuting from outside London for eight years, I think. And I remember it used to be books. And now mm. everybody has at least one and usually more than one digital device. Yeah. Mm. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it, it, it in so much as it affects behaviour, it's interesting, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's uh, let's close up by going uh, around the room. Uh, Adele Hell or Rebel Against Adele? Christopher Manassians. Adele Hell. Henry Burrell. In more ways than one, Adele. <laughs> hell. <laughs> Ashley also. I'm yeah. with you on that as well. Adele Hell. Is that the right one? I don't, I don't know. know. You, you get to make a decision. Well, do you I, think, do you think... I agree with Adele. Okay, right? that's that's Adele Hell. Good, good. That's not Adele Rebellion Hell. Against Adele. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good. Well, I think we uh, cleared up some important issues there, uh, and also had a sort of slightly cathartic um, therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly podcast. Uh, do get in touch. Let us know your thoughts and opinions, and to shake us down for cash, or indeed if you're interested in advertising, you can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Bye. Goodbye, guys. UK Tech Weekly podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 